Hello, hello, it's me again. I have a question for you. Are you traveling to Australia? If so, I have prepared a special gift just for you. It's called an insider's guide to life in Australia. It's a free guide telling you what you need to know before and after you arrive here. You can download it from my website, englishmadesimple.net slash guide. Uh, and how do you spell this word? <laughs> how do you spell this word guide? Interesting. Let's see if your listening skills are up to scratch. The word guide is spelled as G-U-I-D-E. And you can get the free guide by visiting englishmadesimple.net slash guide. All right, let's start, amigos y amigas. Hey, guys and girls, how is everybody doing? Welcome to another episode of English Made Simple. My name is Milena from somewhere milena from englishmadesimple.net hey amigos y amigas before we begin today's show i would just like to say hello to my student nicolas who has recently approached me to help him prepare for a presentation that he had to give at his work he was a bit nervous and insecure as his english is his second language. He was confident about his uh, technical abilities. He's an engineer. However, the presentation, when giving presentations, he was a bit uh, nervous about that. It was a bit daunting, scary for him to do that. So he had to present in front of some people who are you know, high up in the company. They're like um, these big executives. And uh, it would be the first time he would be presenting in English. So obviously, this whole experience would have been really nerve-wracking for him. So he approached me recently and he was uh, seeking my help. And I just found out today that the presentation was a success. And I'm sending a big shout out to Nicolas. Well done on your achievement, man. That's one milestone achieved. You should be really proud of yourself. Well done. Alrighty, now let's get cracking. Uh, let's get cracking. This is Australian phrase for let's get started. Let's begin. What's in uh, for today? In this episode, we are going to learn how to prepare for IELTS. That IELTS again. Oh my goodness. I will share some tips on how you can prepare for IELTS or TOEFL. They're quite similar, these two tests. Um, they test you on four different disciplines like reading, writing, listening and speaking. In my opinion, writing and speaking would be the trickiest parts, like the most complicated parts, more complex. But for some people, it could be reading and listening that's a bit complicated, you know. But anyway... Why do people have to do IELTS? Um, why do they have to do IELTS or any other English exam? That's a good question. Look, I'm not against English exams. 
I think they're useful. You know, they can be useful. You would need to know at least basic English to survive in Australia or any other English-speaking country, wherever you happen to travel to. Even as a tourist, you need some sort of basic English skills to survive. You know what I mean? Uh, let me tell you something, actually. Let me share something personal uh, with you. About 20 years ago, when my family moved uh, from Serbia to New Zealand, uh, my dad had to do an English test as well, and that was 20 years ago. Well, probably more than 20 years ago now. But it was not called IELTS then. It was something else. I can't remember it now. Um, the test uh, was basically very simple. Someone from a New Zealand embassy called him and uh, they had a short phone interview together. The questions he was asked um, were more personal, uh, personal questions about himself and about his family. It was, I think it was a simple test. It was a check uh, to see if he actually understood English. That was the whole point of the phone conversation that he had. They were testing his listening skills. You know what? I think most of you would uh, do really well in that phone interview. I think most of you uh, would do really well um, in a very basic kind of uh, phone interview. But for my dad, it was a real challenge for him because um, it was a challenge to speak in English back then. He wasn't a fluent speaker. He had only started to learn English like for a year. He was uh, in his mid-40s. Um, and he was at a very basic level and he was yeah, just learning English for a year, as I said. So I wouldn't call him an advanced speaker of English. He was really at a basic level. So that's the sort of English exam that he had to do 20 years ago. And I can tell you, I actually remember that day I was at home and he received a call and we were all nervous. It was a really nerve-wracking experience. Same as what you guys feel when you are about to do IELTS. It's the same feeling. Okay, so that was 20 years ago. And about five years ago, maybe I am uh, off by a year or two, um, about five years, years ago, you needed a score of five in IELTS to come to Australia, uh, five in listening, reading, writing, and speaking. Now, you know, that was, again, five years ago, but that was kind of a recent past. <laughs> and nowadays, they require you to be more proficient in the language, and basically, you need a higher score of seven, and that's a pretty fluent level. So, back to the question, why do people need to do IELTS or TOEFL? I think I have already answered this in the last episode. But if you are new to the show, uh, you should know that IELTS is one of the requirements if you were applying for a visa uh, to Australia, Canada, the UK, US, or any other English-speaking countries. This is a requirement um, by uh, the governments of those countries. Uh, so the whole point is to test your level of English, whether you're applying to study uh, or start a new life in Australia or New Zealand, you would be expected to sit an IELTS test. Uh, I think there is another test as well, TOEFL and another one that I can't remember now. I think it's PTE that, that that's now accepted for migration purposes. 
Well, that's great, Milena. <laughs> that's great, Milena. Tell us something that we don't know. <laughs> wow, okay. How about this? Do native speakers of English have to sit IELTS? Have you ever wondered that? Would uh, someone from the UK, for example, have to do IELTS if they were migrating to Australia? And the answer is yes. Yes, they would. If someone from Canada or the United States um, was coming to Australia, they would also have to do an IELTS test. IELTS, TOEFL or whatever, or PTE. Yep, you got it. It's not just for non-native speakers like us. It seems like everybody has to do it, especially if uh, the native speakers don't have enough work experience to show on their visa application. So they will have to do IELTS, for example, to increase their score so they can apply for, it, for the visa. As a matter of fact, I have met native speakers who were too confident about IELTS and they were like, Oh, yeah, it's just an English test. Whatever, I can do this. I can do this on the day. Whatever. <laughs> well, you know what? It's not a whatever. Um, that's a big mistake. It's not a simple English test. You can't just wing it. Wing it. To wing something means uh, you are just going to do it on the spot. You will improvise. You will think of the answers on the spot, on the day. Okay. Uh, so, you know, you're just not going to prepare. <laughs> but in reality, you really have to prepare for these types of tests. And I recommend at least one month of preparation. If you're an advanced speaker of English, meaning you are comfortable to engage in a conversation that is one hour every day for a month before your test. Okay, I know that the majority of listeners of the English Made Simple show are non-native speakers. So I just wanted you guys to know that, again, you are not alone. You are not alone when it comes to IELTS or TOEFL. Awful TOEFL. <laughs> Even native speakers have to go through the same thing as you. They all have to prepare. So... How do you prepare? Where do you start? Where do you even begin to prepare for this IELTS test? All right. Well, number one, get familiar with the format of the test. That's number one. Number two, get familiar with the format of the test. That's number two. Again. <laughs> number three, practice every day. You can find past exam questions on the internet, anywhere on the internet. There is an abundance of information online. And, um, you know, sometimes it can get really confusing. But you just have to be consistent and look for past IELTS questions. For example, if you were doing IELTS. Now, when you practice, read the questions carefully. When you are practicing, ask yourself, did I answer the question? Hmm. Did I answer the question? I am referring to the writing and speaking sections in particular. You know, sometimes when we are nervous, um, we forget to answer the actual question and we tend to go off tangent. So my tip is to look at the question carefully. 
highlight some words that really stand out. They look um, really important, those words. And we call those words keywords. Underline those keywords. Take a pen and underline the keywords. And then look at the action verbs. What is required of the question? What do you have to do? And also, does the question start with a who, what, or why? Is that, you know, look at the type of question. Right, this is basic. But most people forget to do this. They do. Um, and, it's, um, and it's probably because they're feeling a bit nervous, which is fine. And if you practice, you will not feel as nervous if you practice. You'll be more confident. So let me give you an example of what I mean by get familiar with the format of the test or get familiar with the format of the questions. For example, let's look at the speaking part of the exam. The speaking part of the exam has three sections. Uh, the first section is something about you. It's like a chit-chat, something personal about yourself, um, about what you study or what you do. And the section two is answering a cue card. And section three is, you know, stating your opinion. But I'm going to refer to section two in my example, which is called the cue card. Now, if you had been practicing uh, IELTS questions, you would have noticed that this section is always asking you to describe something. You always have to um, describe something. Like you could be asked to describe a person, a family member, a celebrity, uh, some favorite item of yours, um, you know, your phone, for example, an experience. You could be asked to describe an experience, an event, a place, a city. Uh, a museum, <laughs> a childhood memory even. So for each of those, you'd need to uh, be able to come up with some descriptive words. I don't know, how many of you would uh, come up with some descriptive words if I ask you, can you describe your sister or your brother? <laughs> would you be able to come up with an answer on the spot? Would you be able to wing it? Hmm? Or if I asked you, you know, describe your favorite um, actor. Would you be able to answer that question in two minutes? Hmm? Yeah, it, it is tricky. You know, it, it sounds basic, but when you start uh, to speak and uh, talk about that particular person, you realize, oops, I'm getting tongue-tied. I'm repeating some words. I'm not sure what I'm saying here. Um, maybe I'm silent uh, for too long. Yeah, so it can be a bit tricky to answer these types of questions and this is why I'm recommending guys to prepare for these questions. An interesting fact about this section 2 of the speaking exam is that you will also need to answer the sub-questions inside the cue card. And there are usually three sub-questions. These three sub-questions, uh, which are questions within a question, okay, uh, when they ask you to think about a person, uh, they will say, okay, you need to state who this person is, uh, why do you admire him uh, or her so much, um, like what do you like about this person and why did you choose this person? Why did you choose to talk about this person? So those are the some of the sub-questions that you would be asked in this cue card uh, example. And to answer this section correctly, you would be expected to answer all the questions they ask you in this cue card. And some of you forget to answer those sub-questions. 
To start answering this particular um, section, grab a pen and uh, when you're given the cue card by the examiner, immediately answer those sub-questions on the paper. That's part of your brainstorming. Immediately answer those before you start writing down anything else, you know, referring to examples or anything like that. So it's important that you answer all questions because IELTS is about answering questions and uh, understanding questions, right? Does this make sense? Hope so. Number four, how do you prepare for these types of exams? Hmm. Well, what you could do is get a friend. If they're not too busy, get a friend or a teacher to give you feedback on your writing and speaking. What's the point of practicing writing when um, nobody's going to tell you if you're doing it right or not? It's really important that you have that feedback. I have a program to help you with writing and speaking, with that part of IELTS especially. Uh, it is a four-week intense program and you will get feedback from me and you will also receive tips on how you could improve in these two areas specifically in writing and speaking because I think those two areas are the most problematic for people. So please contact me if you're interested in working with me to help you with IELTS, okay? I can help you improve your score. So, how much does it mean to you to pass IELTS or TOEFL or any exam? How would it feel if you got the right IELTS score? <laughs> I know it can get really personal, you know, you will be going through a whole range of emotions, a roller coaster of emotions, like up and down, feeling happy, feeling confident, and then feeling down and frustrated. Yep, yep, yep. It all sounds too familiar. <laughs> but as I said, you are not alone in this game of IELTS. <laughs> I call it a game. Let's make it fun. There are others out there who feel the same as you, so you are not alone. I am still looking to speak with the survivors of IELTS. Where are you? <laughs> I have a couple of people uh, interested to share their stories and I'm quite excited to share them with you guys very soon. And I am also curious uh, if there are any of you um, who are listening today, any of you currently living in Australia or New Zealand, because I would love to chat with you and would love to hear about your experience of living down under. Down under is a term, it's like slang to describe Australia and New Zealand, okay? That part of the world, down under. <laughs> And just before we finish, uh, just a quick hello to Sergey from Kazakhstan. He's just a recent listener of English Made Simple and he was kind enough to share his story with me. So a big shout out to Sergey from Kazakhstan. Awesome! So thanks for listening, amigos y amigas. I am going to dedicate this whole month to IELTS and TOEFL because I have received quite a lot of questions from people about these two exams. Alrighty, cool, cool bananas. Thanks for joining me, amigos y amigas. Don't forget to download the Insider's Guide to Life in Australia, written by a migrant, myself, for other migrants. Uh, you can go to englishmadesimple.net slash guide, G-U-I-D-E. Awesome. Thanks again for listening. You've been an amazing audience and you've been jamming with Milena from English Made Simple. Until next time, 
Hasta la próxima.